You wanted the best? Well, you got me instead, so you're going to just have to make do. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or another promo code LOCKEDONMLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs, we promise you. Uh, I am Jeff Ellis. Justin, listen, if you watch yesterday's show, you can guess. He's sick. He is not feeling well. Uh, if you wanted to loop this up, we are uh, getting ready to enter the sixth inning soon of the game tonight. I tried to push it back. I'm sorry. We are into, no, this is, ah, crud. We're into the fifth inning. The, I don't know why it's, no. Whew. This is what I get for trying to stay up late. We're into the sixth right now. Uh, I had not clicked over. I got confused. We just had the walk in the wild pitch is where we are in this one. But <laughs> I've wasted that time. Uh, how are y'all doing tonight? Uh, I want to thank one of our everydayers, Ah Beans, who again had a comment that made me think today. We're going to talk about this Angels game in progress. Uh, if I can keep it going since I'm solo showing it, I will be making a few comments. We get the rare live game. We're going to talk a little bit about what we promised to talk about yesterday, why Shane Bieber has more value than he kind of gets credit for. Uh, but I want to go to Ah Beans' comment that he thinks that hitting kind of plays into everything else when players aren't hitting and base runners are few and far between. It's hard to take chances. The bullpen's losing games. If they give up one run over four innings every night, making them have to pitch shutouts every night is just asking for trouble. I think that's a good point. And I think a lot of this too, though, is not just hitting. It's the fact that why is this team pressing so much? This has been a common concern of mine. You know, why it is that we see these rookies come up and try to change who they are try to completely change uh, what works for them and press and not do as well. Why are they so bad with runners in scoring position this year? After Andres Jimenez was amazing a year, year ago, why is Jose Ramirez having the worst numbers of his career with runners in scoring? It's easier. The pressure is on the pitcher. It's not on the hitter. Historically, hitters perform better with runners in scoring position, not worse. That's typically a time that the pressure is on the pitcher. Again, I don't know. There's just something about this team this year that could not deal well with stressors. And it's just interesting to look at. I mean, the bullpen, right? They're not pitching as well. They are. It seems like when someone gets on base, they expect it to go poorly. It's just this nonstop uh, cycle of stressing, pressing and fail. I, I don't have a good reason why it's happening. You know, here's another thing. Watching this game tonight, uh, Jose Ramirez overthrew the ball. How many times has that happened of late? Listen, he has a bad arm. It's one of the worst arms of any third baseman in baseball. Uh, his arm strength is 32nd percentile. That is not good for a position that needs arm strength. Now, he, he has such great range. He gets to so many balls that he's a above-average defender in spite of his arm. does make you worry as he gets older. What do you do with a guy like that? Because he's not going to be able to... Uh, to play there forever because if his arm starts to slip anymore, it's just, it's not going to work. But it feels like, again, he knows he doesn't have that arm. So he's overthrowing. He's constantly, not constantly, but he is up to, I uh, close the tab, but his third or I think it's his third highest error total ever. And, you know, he's still got close to a month left in this season. Uh, he might end up with his highest error total. And, 
Justin and I had this debate off air the other day. Kind of curious. Make sure to comment below. How worried are you about Jose Ramirez? Uh, he's 30 years old. He'll turn, uh, that's right, he turns 31 the same day as my daughter. So he'll be 31 in about two weeks. Guys his size, listen, I am fine with, with small players, but the aging curve on them is horrendous historically. A lot of players who are sub, you know, 5'11", uh, they get to those early 30s and they start to fall off a cliff. And most of them don't make it to mid-30s. Now, Jose Ramirez is, again, a unicorn. He's a special player. But when you look at his overall production this year and you see a guy who last year broke his thumb, and yes, his fir- in his first half of last year, he was in that MVP discussion with Otani and, Jose- and um, Aaron Judge. Breaks his thumb and he's averaged the rest of the way. He was so good in the early going. He still had a 141 weighted runs created plus a year ago. He's at a 117 right now. And that is essentially the worst he's had outside of 2019. And if you remember that 2019 year was the year that he was terrible in the first half, figured it out in the second half, um, and then broke his handmate bone in his hand, unfortunately. But it, this is, you know, it, basically this is his second worst season uh, of full-time play in his career. Does anyone have some concerns? I, I went to look at his Savant page and, you know, a lot of his data is kind of similar, except for, I mean, you look at a lot of his like expected batting average and slugging and things like that are actually better this year than last. The one things he is not doing as well this year, um, he's just not sweet spotting, hitting the ball as hard or average exit velocity. So it seems like there's a little bit of dissent in uh, just how, you know, how hard he hits the ball, which, this team can ill afford, right? Uh, but yeah, are you a little concerned? I, I, I have some slight concerns. Justin told me I'm crazy. Uh, again, comment below if you think I'm nuts. Am I overestimating age and height and those things? Um, or, or do you have concerns? And why, what's going, like this team needs a sports psychologist or they need someone they feel like they can talk to. Uh, something is so off. Andres Jimenez, you can watch him until that dude is pressing. You know, it's currently a situation where you got a runner in scoring position for like the fifth inning in a row. I I know it's not true. It's just four out of five innings. I can think at this point that they've had a runner in scoring position. Can't get the darn thing across. And, and, you know, you could just sit there and look at Andres Jimenez. Runner in third, two outs, two-two count. And you know he's going to strike out here that he's likely going to swing at something out of the zone because the dude has been pressing all year. He is just back to that guy he was when they acquired him who was so nervous about failure that he essentially short-circuited that first season. And why are so many other players struggling in these situations? Why is it all of a sudden the pressure's on? A year ago, nobody cared. A year ago, this was a team that I will talk about again. We did our locked-on roundtable. People were picking them to finish fourth or fifth, almost across the board. And I was like, okay, they, they are not that team. This is a team that... Uh, had really bad injury luck a year ago. If they rebound, I'm not saying they can win this division, but they can be a solid team. And, oh, Jimenez walks. So good for him for proving me wrong there. That's out. I mean, I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to turn around. I I am grasping at straws for positivity with him anytime anything starts going. But to go back to the original point here, last year there was no pressure on them. They weren't expected it was a rebuild year right like it was it was more the question of like were they going to trade shane beaver last year right that 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 with a year and a half of or two and a half years control would they look to flip him once he came back and pitched well instead they were in it all year and it didn't happen 
it seems like this year they came out as favorites and I don't know if it was the out of pressure or what, but they just were not the across the board, the same guys a year ago. If we got time, we're going to kind of compare some of the players numbers, but it's just interesting how much in general, almost across the board outside of, I think like Josh Naylor, everyone's worse this year, like everyone starting pitchers, relief pitchers, uh, every single player is not playing as well as, as a year ago. And you're used to one or two guys, uh, but every single starter, either they got hurt or they were ineffective. When the, Aaron Savali is the one starter who performed better before they traded him. I know I'm opening a can of worms even saying his name, but everybody in the bullpen has taken a step back this year. Everyone in the rotation, everyone in the lineup. How does that happen? How does an entire team top to bottom take a step back? I don't have a good answer. I would love to hear if anyone does, but it, it's the weirdest thing ever. Just the amount of, like I said, pressing and pressure. Uh, the Sometimes the quick hook, the lack of opportunities. You know, Gabby Arias has been incredibly up and down, but him coming out recently and talking about like, oh, I'm playing better of late because I know I get to play and I get to play a position I know. And that's not a great look, right? Like that one of your best young players who... For all of his struggles, he still has the same weighted runs create a plus as Ahmed Rosario last time I checked. And the defensive levels on those two are hugely different uh, that he felt that way. And it's just, again, it's so weird that this team just seems to crumble. I mean, it's like the Elvis Andrews thing a year ago, right? Like they're going to crumble under the pressure. This year they are. Why are they crumbling under pressure? Why is everyone to a man outside of Josh Naylor worse? I, I don't have a good answer. I'm curious to hear what you have to say and we will definitely come back and have some more talk about what's going on in this game and just how things are shaping up over this last month on today's episode of locked on guardians so look i'm wearing my bird dog's hat uh here we go wearing my shorts i guess i'll show way too much calf there i apologize to everyone who just had to witness that it says in here hey show off short shirts pants hat yeti if possible so i i did and here's the thing why am i wearing these shorts because my bird dogs they've sent us three pairs of shorts uh the yeti cooler the hat and a pair of i keep calling them long pants i know they're just pants uh my wife made fun of me because i love to wear shorts i wear shorts all the time they are my go-to pants and my bird dogs are my go-to Every time they send us something, I'm excited. I love the fact, oh, and I gotta—I forgot to put up their little thing, so I'm going to put it up now. I'm not good at all this stuff. You know, now they're going to, they have a new free water bottle. The, the Yeti cooler is fantastic. I'm hoping they send me this water bottle. I will definitely use it. Uh, everything they've sent us is great. We had one listener in the comments talk about how much they loved their bird dogs. And, you know, if you're going to add some shorts to your collection, they feel good. They make you look good. Definitely check out Bird Dogs. I love them. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or under the promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. And I want to remind you to, for all of the games this weekend against the Angels, all of them out on the West Coast, uh, check out serious xm radio just type guardians in and you'll be able to listen to these games uh enjoying the west coast maybe not enjoying them if this game is any indication cleveland 
listen, I complain all year about them not walking enough. They've got five walks tonight, five walks and five hits. I used to talk about how basically about three base runners a game should equal uh, a run. They should have three runs. They have none. Great example of this team this year where they can get guys on base. And once guys get on base, and again, it's supposed to be easier once they're on base. Instead, they're tightening up, they're failing, they're struggling, or they're just not able. It's it's also hard to string three base runners together in an inning. It's one of those things like, you know, the bloop and the double, the bloop and the two-run home run, just getting the home run. And that's why I will sit back and say that, like, you look at this team, I'm sorry, but lack of power is an issue. This Davis Daniels, who's making his debut in this one, he has had five base runners in three innings and, and a wild pitch and hasn't had to pay a price for that in his debut. Like, and he's only had one strikeout. So he's pitching to heavy contact. Uh, they're doing a bullpen game for a bad team. Cleveland should be putting up a lot of runs and they're putting up no runs. Uh, on the other side of things, Cal Quantrell, let's talk about him in this one. He has gone, what, we're into the fifth. He's pitching into the sixth here. He's had three hits and a walk. There's a few points where it's gotten hairy. I'm not going to lie. And here's the thing. I've hit by pitch, I believe, does not count. So when I said that they've had 10 base runners, they've actually had 11. Um, so it's even worse uh, for Cleveland. But Quantrell's only allowed four base runners. He struck out six. Is this Anaheim team the best? No, but I mean... Is their offense comparable to Cleveland's? I mean, maybe Nolan Chanel uh, has gotten on base in his first 15 games, uh, which tied during Darren Erstead uh, streak for the most. And he doesn't have any power at all. He is Miles straw level power, but his on base scales have been so high that his weighted runs created plus is actually quite good in spite of a low OPS. Brandon Drury has been a really solid addition for them. I know Louis Ringifo had to leave early, but he's been playing well for them. They have more. Listen, they have one, you know, before the game started, four guys in their lineup with an OPS over 700. Cleveland has five. You know, it's it. these are, even though the Angels are short, like large swaths of their team, uh, they, they are still a team that is out there. Uh, <laughs> they got two guys sitting below 100. So yeah, it, is it easier for Contral? Yes. But is this a positive thing? Absolutely. One of my biggest complaints when he was dealing a year ago was he wasn't missing bats. It's nice to see him come in, miss some bats. There are dangerous hitters in this lineup. They're taking advantage of it. I mean, the other side of things, Cleveland's, uh, that's the other craziness. They've stolen two two bases in this one. They've also, you know, had the cot stealing. <laughs> the stolen bases, the hits, the logs, the hit batter. It's crazy they don't have a run in. Right now, uh, since this is a solo show, I'll go back and do what I used to do. If I was doing a three stars of the game and the other going, Quantrell is easily one of them. I mean, this game's far from over. But other than that, the other thing I pointed out is like Quan has two hits. He would be one of the other ones for me in this one. And then, I mean, they have Jose Ramirez and Fry have extra base hits. So it'd probably be Fry for the other one. Uh, I am a little concerned here, though, as we get into the sixth. You know, Quantrell coming back from injury has not had as many innings. I know he's ramping up this year. He's at 80 pitches. Him walking uh, the leadoff hitter is not ideal, of course. Uh, so we'll see how long he is kind of left out there. Not the leadoff hitter, because Gerchuk was the leadoff hitter. But still, I don't know. When we get into the sixth, I, I get nervous with our starters this year for Cleveland. So let's talk a little Shane Bieber in the starting pitching market while this game continues to play out. 
uh, seen Trey Cabbage in there before I, I do that. I got a shout out to Everydayer. Um, Aaron Bachman, haven't heard from you, from you in a bit. Hope you're doing well, fellow teacher. Uh, shout out to all of my teachers out there. But uh, Trey Cabbage, you got, you got your UVA guy in. So this starting pitching market was already considered a very weak one. And then Otani hurt his shoulder and probably can't pitch next year. And then Julio Urias, and like I said, we touched on this very briefly yesterday, so I decided to get into it a little more today. Julio Urias, that's the second time he has been brought up on domestic violence charges. His suspension is going to be a long one. He is He's not going to pitch the rest of this year, um, and he's going to miss part of next year. So that, and he's having a bad year after being, man, look at that, I, you know, talking bad about Quantron against the double play. Six innings for him. It's great to see. He was he was going to be the young cross-controlled lefty who a year ago was utterly fantastic. Uh, now you're looking at Blake Snell, who has been a little inconsistent, I think we can all admit, and Aaron Nola, who is not having his best year at last check. I should double-check that. If you go over, like, at, at, this week, MLP trade rumors talked about how, uh, you know, a lefty reliever is being posted from Japan. And they talked about the the great starting, or they talked about in the mix alongside these other pitchers. And I can't, you know, George, and Sonny Gray has been great this year. I, I think one of those things that kind of gets misplaced, and Twins fans have been very unhappy with us in the comments in the show. But Sonny Gray is getting a lot of money, and I don't know if he's going to come back to the Twins. Nola's going to get a lot of money. Blake Snell's going to get bank. But the other two arms they mentioned are uh, Jordan Montgomery, who's a solid lefty, don't get me wrong, and Lucas Giolito. Uh, that is where this free agent market is. So if you are Cleveland, this is kind of very, very reminiscent of the Corey Cooper situation where he was going to be big money. I don't know. Bieber, I'm betting maybe around 14 to 15 million. He'll get a raise because of everything in the past. It might only end up being 12 to 13. I think he was at about 10 last year in arbitration. And this year was not good. And then he missed. It's the second time he's missed half a season due to injury uh, in the last three years. But He's got the big money. There's the the injury concern, but there is no one on the market. And if you're Cleveland and you believe in Tristan McKenzie and you trust the three rookies, and Cal Quantrell shows you what he has tonight, um, I know one of our one of our listeners, I think it was David Weber, another Everydayer, brought up like, can we trade him for Anthony Santander? And you know, here's the thing: if you know me, I've been a Santander guy since he was in Cleveland system. I wanted to protect him that year in the Rule Five. Um, he was a top 10 prospect to me. I'd heard some of the best comments from people I trusted in that system, uh, in terms of his hitting ability and he was hurt and they thought they could pass him through and Baltimore claimed him. And here we are all these years later. And the reason Bieber for Santander doesn't make sense is Santander is going to be a free agent at the end of next year. We're not going to trade for a rental. Um, I like the idea because that is a team that does have a ton of outfielders. Santander is having a fantastic year. I was hoping they trade for him a few years ago. There's that point in time when Baltimore got super cheap with guys in salary arbitration uh, for Santander and Mancini, and I was hoping Cleveland could jump in then. Uh, we did not, unfortunately, thread the needle that year. But I think looking for a team like that, looking for a team that might have a need for that starter, more than likely knowing this team, it would be someone in the National League. It does make me wonder a little bit about San Diego because, um, you know, always on the hot seat perpetually is AJ Preller. They got an owner who's older, who wants to win now uh, the long history of trades. You know, they're probably going to lose 
multiple starters to free agency at the end of this year with Snell and I believe Waka and Rich Hill who they traded for. Uh, they can hope to get some guys back like Musgrove, but it's they're in a, a weird situation. I don't know what the trade is that would make sense exactly because they're another team that uh, needs some outfield help and assistance. They don't have the strongest players in, in all those spots. Well, I guess now they don't. What am I saying? Now it's now that they move Tatis out there and they trade for Soto. They're fine. Yeah, that was a really silly statement. I kind of forgot. How are they as bad as they are? <laughs> I, how are they the guardians of the uh, of the National League? Yeah, Juan Soto, Francis, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts. Uh, Gary Cooper's actually hit well for them. Gary Sanchez was having a decent offensive year for a bit. I, I you know, I don't know. They. It, I'd have to really dive into that team. Say if they have a young hitter who's close, maybe you can talk to them about someone like Jake Cronenworth, who's on a pretty uh, team-friendly contract with lots of years of control, who you know was was struggling a bit before his injury this year, his broken wrist. Maybe there's some some talk there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff at a window. Basic thing is, I've been hearing people tell me, "Oh, like Beavers cooked." It's like mm, there's always value in pitching, and it's going to be interesting seeing what this team does. You know, and a lot of people get mad about Aaron Savali. And my biggest complaint about that is, A, he can only go through the lineup twice. And B, last September, I had people saying he should be cut because of the playoff game or because he couldn't stay healthy. And it's like, you know, if you got the chance to hold on to pitching, you hold on to it and you see what you can turn around. And, you know, if they can turn around, you can always sell high. Uh, But Cleveland's in a weird position uh, right now, in a weird position in this game. Uh, we are going to run to a break, uh, come back, talk a little bit about the you know the overall regression. I talked about that a bit already, but I think it just stands out just to talk about the level of regression with some players on today's Locked On Guardians. And our another fantastic sponsor today are the good people over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200. That's right, $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5, this is everyone, not just new one, all customers get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. It's worth it right there alone if you are someone who wants Sunday ticket. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And I want to remind you to check out all of this West Coast trip over at SiriusXM. You can just type Guardians into that. You can maybe just type Cleveland, and I'm sure it'll turn up a few results, but it'll get you to where you need to. Uh, again, <laughs> seventh inning, we got runners in. Yeah, seventh inning, runners in score position. Uh, they can't run away from Josh Naylor this time. So, I mean, he's been their offensive MVP in spite of his missed month uh, this year. Nice game for Jose. I believe that's now two hits for him and three for um, for Quan, right? Top of the – that's it. you got Quan's been on base three times. Jose's been on base twice. Naylor's been on base twice, yet they have nothing to show for it. The Cole Calhoun regression hit has been – has been pretty hard. We talked about it on today's show and Ramon Lariano. Yeah. He's plus Oscar Gonzalez, but he's still not good. Like that's an uh, it's ugly having him hit fourth. Um, it, it just is. You're kind of hoping that, you know, the 658 OPS is, is, is surprisingly on this team. Um, 
not not passable. Like they they've had a lot of guys who are starting to look better, uh, Bo Naylor in particular, but it it is interesting just how many players are below where they were a year ago. And I talked about that a bit in segment one. Uh, we even talked about Oscar Gonzalez, who was their starting right fielder a year ago. But, you know, he was, I believe, in the one teens for weighted run created plus. Uh, you got Will Brennan, who's an 85. You have like a 30% drop with that. Uh, that that's that's painful. Catcher, they have improved overall. Bo Naylor, now that he's turned around with 11% walk rate, a 108 weighted runs created plus. 4.3 defensive save metric. He's been actually a really, really strong pitch framer. He has good pop times. He's just, hey, there we go. There there they go. Josh Naylor taking care of business, working overtime, workout. Uh, single line drive. Cleveland finally has a run. They should have a lot. They, they have one. There should be many. Let's see if they can you know, put more than one on the board. Going back to it, though. When you're looking at at Bo Naylor, there are some positive defensive signs. Teams know to run on him, though, and they know to run on this pitching staff. We talked about that a little bit before, so there's no reason to beat a dead horse. But uh, that's really the last thing for him to work on. Uh, I mean, you want to keep working on growing and getting better in every area. Uh, it's a little interesting how little speed he has shown this year in the big leagues. That was kind of one of the things that he was the better, best athlete of the Naylor brothers. He was able to like be a smart base runner, steal 20-plus bases in the minors, I want to say. Uh, I'll say at the same time, Jose Ramirez has never been a fast base runner. His sprint speed score has never been great. It's it's intelligence that gets him uh, across the bases. Uh, one thing I kind of lied wasn't just catcher. Center field is is weirdly, um, I believe, better this year than a year ago because Miles Straw was was like the worst hitter in baseball a year ago, and now Cam Gallagher has taken that title from him. But I, I mean, he's been bad of late, and he is almost as bad as he was. A year ago it's close one could argue that defensively he was better last year uh at this point in time people always talk about trading straw you can't trade him like who wants miles straw like i with some of the defensive regression in his data no one's going to take on that contract and it is interesting cleveland buying maybe too soon on guys like straw and jimenez who had great defensive metrics but maybe there's some signs that uh they were a little lucky. I hope they don't get trigger shy. Like I said, you can probably make the case center field is worse just because the defense isn't there. Quan. So he's improved, but he's still been very up and down this year. And he is currently below a 100 uh, runs grade plus again. Uh, today's game is good. But, you know, a year ago, he was just a hair shy of R- Rushman and Julio, who were not just rookie of the years, but MVP candidates. And this year he is, he's mid. It's a perfect word to describe Jim Klein. He's mid. I mean, I, I would kill for three mid outfielders. The, the regression there hurts because again, when it's so across the board offensively, talking about a guy who went from like, again, the teens to the, you know, struggling to keep a 100. Jimenez is the killer. He's in a 90, uh, 10% below league average after being like 130 a year ago which I can't tell you the exact ones. If you're curious why I'm like hedging everything, because for whatever reason, uh, fan graphs is giving me a bad return. Every single guy I click on and that's your killer. Cause a year ago he was an all-star. He was one of the best second baseman in baseball. He was a monster with guys on base. And this year he is a below average hitter. Uh, we knew there'd be some regression. We did not expect him to turn into a below average 
performer. Uh, shortstop, listen, Gabby's had his ups and downs. He's had an 84 weighted runs created plus. Uh, much better defender than Ahmed. But a year ago, Ahmed was league average. He's not this year, but a year ago, he was league average. So again, that position offensively, maybe not defensively, but offensively is about 10% worse than it was a year ago. Jose, we already mentioned, he's about 30 points below where he was, or 24 points below where he was a year ago. Still like a 25% uh, to the rest of the league change. Naylor's an improvement. I can't see, but he wasn't, he's at a 125. Oh, it's finally going to work for me here. Last year, he was close to that. He was a 119, so it's not like it was a massive improvement. DH, Owen Miller ended up being below average, and DH has just been a revolving door this year. Josh Bell was better, but not hugely better when he was here. So it's just, that's the point. It, it's this universal regression is my biggest concern for this team and figuring out, you know, take advantage of the new rules. And as a team, they need to, I don't know if it's, you know, the new coach, that's going to be a part of it, whoever the new manager is, I should say. But I think there is a degree of needing to figure out just top down, like why so many guys are pressing, why so many guys are regressing, why it's not just the majors. And again, I'm not saying fire the front office. I am a front op ride and die with, with Antonetti and Shapiro, uh, or not Shapiro, Shapiro's in Toronto, Antonetti and Chernoff. I was not right. Shapiro Shapiro might've been the worst drafting GM. This, this franchise has ever seen, uh, sure enough. And, um, Antonetti, I am with forever. I, I believe in those guys. I trust those guys. Um, I, I do not want them out, but I think they do need to take a second. And realize why did most of our minor league players show Russian and our major league players? Why did almost every player on our major league roster, all stars to bench players have a worse year this year? Why is everyone so tight at the plate? Why does it seem that they went from a loose, fun, happy group of young guys to, was it just the pressure? Was it the expectation? I don't know, but I think something needs to be done. I think there needs to be kind of a step back, look and figure it out. Uh, I want to thank you all for spending time with me. I, I think even though Justin wasn't here, it's a pretty good show. Don't you think Justin? Yeah. 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 He agrees, even though he's not here. We want to thank all of you, everydayers, everyone who helps contribute to the show for everything you do. And thank you for the fact that, you know, hey, it's going to be a little off when I'm trying to manage it all at once, but I appreciate you joining in for the show, uh, joining in to listen however you do, and go, go, Guardians, go.